Welcome listeners to the latest edition of the Inner Leadership 2020 podcast. We are in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis, so I think it could be good to have something else to listen to rather than absolute focus on this virus. Today, I have Dr. Julia Kim from the, uh, from the Bhutan Gross National Happiness Institute to talk to us about happiness and how that is applied at a national level. So before we go much further, I would actually ask Dr. Kim to introduce herself and give us a little bit about her background. Thank you, and I'm very happy to be joining you today. Um, I've been working at the Gross National Happiness Center in Bhutan for the past seven years, and uh, my background is actually in the field of health as a medical doctor. I was trained in Canada and got very interested in what makes people sick and what makes them well. And as I started to look into it as a young doctor, I started to realize that the things that make people well or not have a lot to do with what's around them. And you can see that happening very much now with COVID-19. It has to do with politics, economics, the way society is geared. That makes all of us either uh, vulnerable or very resilient. So I got very interested in Bhutan and how they're actually not just looking at health, but well-being more broadly defined and even happiness as an aspiration for a country. So that's where I've been based in Bhutan and very much interested in what makes us well, what makes us happy as a society. Oh, that's very, very interesting. And just to kind of go in there specifically of where we are sitting today, um, do you think the GHN, as I call it, the Gross National Happiness, is relevant at a time of crisis such as what we're facing today? And also, have you and the GHN Center been applying Bhutan's ancient culture of meditation to your work in business and other groups? And is it relevant outside the context of a country? Thanks for that question, Des. I think um, in terms of the relevance at this time, it's really, I think, the COVID-19 crisis has really revealed to all of us how um, our current system our current economic system, health system, social system is uh, not as resilient as we had hoped. And in fact, very wealthy and developed countries um, such as the United States um, are seeing the impact of COVID-19 despite being uh, very high GDP countries. And so there's something about the way that we build an economy and a society that can make it more resilient or not when a crisis comes along, whether it's environmental or health or social. So I think uh, the way that Bhutan has geared their development is not to grow as rapidly as possible or to grow their GDP as high and as quickly as possible, but to go slowly and steadily with an eye to, for example, making sure that equity and um, economic growth benefits as many people as possible that it's spread in such a way that it benefits society, that they look at uh, community and culture, they look at environment, they look at uh, all sorts of things that would be important for getting a country through a difficult period like this. Good governance, transparency, all of those things are seen as very important in, in GNH. If, if we come back a little bit for what the uh, focus of this podcast is, it's about inner leadership, right? And if I understand it correctly, and I don't know 
everything is that Bhuta Bhutanese culture is has a big tradition of meditation and looking inside yourself. Is this very important as the country itself develops? And I assume it's important for all of us outside here who are facing some existential, and most podcast listeners will know my pronunciations are not very good, existential threats to, or what we feel are existential threats to our lifestyle. And is it the looking inside that may have helped Bhutan to get to where it is and take this road of development? Yes, I think very much so. I think from, uh, from the very beginning, they defined happiness and well-being as having both inner dimensions and outer dimensions. So you can't ignore either of them. Obviously, material development, uh, having a roof over your head, having enough hospitals and doctors, all those things are important. But in and of themselves, they're not the whole picture. So to what extent can we cultivate happiness skills, resilience skills, the ability to remain uh, steady and content and compassionate in the midst of difficulty. So I think in Bhutan, um, happiness and well-being would be defined as balancing both those inner and outer conditions and creating the skills and the uh, resources for both of those to flourish. So for example, many kids in schools in Bhutan will start out learning how to meditate, even at very young ages. They'll also understand the idea of karma or interdependence and the need to really think about your impacts, the impacts of your actions on others around you. So I think you talk about inner leadership. It starts even when you're very small, all the way up through the, the different sectors of a country and in government itself. Inner leadership, very important. Okay, no, which is excellent. And then a more personal question, because all our listeners like to hear and understand, uh, what's your own, been your own personal journey in meditation? And what kind of techniques do you use and have they evolved over time? Yeah, I would say I was a late bloomer to the uh, meditation side of things, you know. I think it wasn't until I started getting to quite a uh, stressful, busy life that I realized that my own ability to be grounded and to have a sense of who I am was very important for not only doing the job, but just staying sane. So for me... Um, uh, the things that stand out are uh, a very basic mindfulness practice in the morning. I try to keep it at a minimum of 10 minutes if I'm in a big hurry and bring it out longer if I have time. Uh, more important than that, though, is trying to do it periodically through the day. So even while I'm having a conversation with you uh, or I'm on my laptop or whatever, just to take a moment to come back to awareness and to my breath, if that helps, so that I'm staying present as much as possible. Uh, I think other aspects for me are, are being in nature, really taking time to connect to the vastness of nature. And at the end of the day, I have a practice of reflection as well, to look at my actions, um, whether there's something I did that I think I, I did well, and to sort of pat myself on the back for that and say, keep going. If there's something I did, uh, maybe I lost my temper, I was impatient, just be aware of that and say, okay, um, try better next time. Don't beat yourself up over it, but notice it. And then to think also something that I'm grateful for. I think that's an important part of being happy, of contentment. And no matter what the day has been, there's always something that I can say, wow, I can be grateful for that today. And so one of the things we're focusing this podcast is towards how to apply these stuff into business. So 
in a kind of group setting where you will have a number of people who may be more accepting, some people are less accepting. Do you have any ideas how a business leader can introduce some type of group techniques that hit some of the focuses that you that I found very interesting in what you said there, reflection, gratitude from a business perspective. So can you see this being applied to business and a group setting? Yes, definitely. In fact, when we bring groups and they've often been business leaders, YPO, others to Bhutan, we focus on that very aspect of leadership and the kinds of things that we are really encouraging there is a secular kind of meditation which is uh, anybody can do and it is can be even done at the beginning of a, a Skype call it can be done at the beginning of a meeting and it's not making a big deal of it it's just taking a pause before you jump into the agenda to actually ask people to be present and to take a moment to come back to their breath uh, focus on what they want to accomplish in the meeting and then start that's often a, a very useful way to begin and not it doesn't take a big uh it's not a big leap to begin something like that yeah because as i listen to you i kind of imagine in a biz business setting uh, there's a lot of cynicism but just to ask the question to okay everybody be silence let's reflect on what we did well in the last week what we did well for ourselves but also what we did well for the business and what we should be grateful for it's kind of I'm kind of probably going back to my watching of Star Trek and how do we create the business as a mental borg of the collective mind of that business to somehow become more reflective. And gross, gross national happiness, and we go back to this and that's because that's part of what you do now, but that, that whole concept to me seems to be a national version of the B Corp that businesses are moving towards. Right. So is there resources that a business that is looking to move itself towards a B Corp, a more stakeholder inclusive? Is there learnings from the uh, uh, from from your work with the institutes in Bhutan that is being applied to business or available to businesses to 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 tap on those resources? Yes, I think a lot of important uh, connections to business and to the B Corp mentality and also the, the, to the B Corp vision of using new measurements in order to show benefits that go beyond the financial bottom line. So I would say that GNH is like triple bottom line thinking plus because it's looking at um, not only whether you're having environmental, social and financial gains but what is the impact on the well-being of the workforce itself? What is the values and purpose that are being brought to bear? Why are we here as an organization and business? What is our big goal? How are we contributing? And then measuring that in such a way that it's visible, not only to the company and the stakeholders themselves, but also to customers, clients, so that it becomes visible how the vision and mission are different and how they're contributing to these different ways. So we've had impact investors, business leaders, and so on come to Bhutan on our programs and look at ways of adapting GNH nine domains to an organizational or business context. And there it really gets a chance to be customized and fit to the particular vision and work that the company is doing. You mentioned your programs, et cetera, there. So I assume that if any of our listeners want to find out more or potentially participate, they can just go onto your website or, and get some additional information. 
So I definitely. I, yes, and the world is very concerned about what's happening in New York and what's happened in Hubei province, etc., with this with COVID nineteen. But how is Bhutan handling this? Because as one of the materialistically poorer countries, and I suppose we have to do, we have to as uh, differentiate between materialistic and and happiness uh is it is it has it reached there has the panic level reached there has the reality reached there i think um, bhutan has had the advantage i would say of being able to have some warning about covid-19 coming their way and i think acted quite quickly um, to the first case that came into the country. And um, it's been so far, fingers crossed, um, pretty contained. And I think they've also, they're fortunate in having as a, a prime minister, a physician, their, their political head is also a doctor. And so he's been very seriously trying to uh, prepare the public health system for this. I think, um, What's interesting about Bhutan is it's also largely a rural country. So in some respects, uh, the Timpu, the capital, is where a lot of the resources are. So what I've been hearing coming out of Bhutan is kind of inspiring. For example, a lot of the uh, non-governmental organizations are coming together to tailor, to sew um, protective masks for people in the rural areas who might not have access to it, and to really try to help others. I think from the spiritual and, and less material point of view, I know that uh, all of the monasteries and the spiritual leaders in the country have been turning their prayers, their mantras, their ceremonies, not just towards Bhutan and protecting the country, but towards the world. So I think when I've mentioned that to a lot of people, they feel a real sense of comfort and uh, solidarity that this small country up in the Himalayas is really trying to, in a way, um, put their intention, their prayers towards protecting the world as we, as we face this challenge. Yeah, no, and I think also there is the one train of thought that this crisis has made the world itself self-reflect, right? Which I think is, is, is very important. And I think there will be a demand for people to learn how to do that in a more structured way going forward, right? And it's Absolutely. good to... And it's good to hear there's a, a physician in charge in Bhutan, right? I hope he knows as much about the virus as the president of the United States, but I, I doubt that, <laughs> but, um, you know, because the doctors go to him for advice. Judah, it has been a great pleasure to have a chat, and we could keep on going. There's a lot to discuss, but in the podcast, I try to limit the time. So I would love to ask you to come back again at some stage in the next few weeks or next few months, potentially with one or two other participants. So we can do a, a little bit more round table and you can talk to people who are a little bit more knowledgeable than I, uh, who, um, who has just started my journey and discuss some stuff, right? So the, the, the only final question I'd ask is there, any initiatives that you have going at the moment or stuff that's on that you would just like people to know? And then we will finish up. Thanks, Des. I think the one um, new initiative that I'm kind of excited about is uh, called the Right Livelihood and GNH program. And the idea of Right Livelihood is, I would say, kind of taking GNH down to a very personal level. 
and saying, how is the way that I'm living my life, how is uh, my livelihood, my work aligned with this vision of well-being and happiness for myself and for others? And uh, it's taking the principles of GNH and saying, what does that mean for us as individuals? So it's a program that's open to anyone from uh, various countries who are interested in learning about GNH. It will start as an online program, since all of us are homebound and social distancing. It'll start in November as an online program. Then we will uh, come to Bhutan um, in spring of 2021 and really experience Bhutan and GNH, travel through the country. And then it will end in Canada uh, in a beautiful uh, forest retreat center on the east coast of Canada near Halifax. And we'll have people gather and reflect on what have they learned and how are they applying it in their own lives in their own countries. So it's a program that I think is uh, close to my heart and one that I hope will be interesting to folks um, who are listening. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a basically a kind of a 12-month program. Yeah, actually nine months. We like to think about it as a gestation okay. period. <laughs> okay. It's enough time to give birth to something new. Perfect. Julia, it'd be, it's, it's been a great pleasure to have had the opportunity to talk to you. And... Uh, Hopefully, as I said, we will talk soon. Uh, I will put, once, once I get them from you or I have them, the various links into the notes of the podcast. But anybody out there who's listening and for some reason can't get through to Julian that, that way, please just contact us and we are more than happy to forward anything on to Julia. So again, Julia, thank you and stay safe. Thank you, Des. Same to you.